Welcome back, everybody, to In The Loop. What is up, everybody? My name is Michael Burpo. Thanks again for listening to In The Loop. This week, I sit down with Jake Hensley from The Smithy Group, and we talk all about landing pages. And I know that's not the most exciting topic, but it's really interesting how you can utilize landing pages, which are unique pages inside of your website to replicate or create new impressions that are beyond just your homepage. So you can use these in a variety of different ways, such as creating categories or unique landing pages for subcategories on your website. And then you can use data analytics like Google Analytics and start breaking down the buying process and flow. I think it's a really interesting talk and we also give some call to actions at the end on how you can start creating landing pages for your own website. And we also give a timeline of when you should start setting these up ahead of Black Friday in the Christmas season. I think it's a really fun talk and hopefully we'll do more of these with Jake in the near future. This episode is brought to you by Punchmark, the jewelry industry's leading website provider, joining the community of nearly 500 other jewelry stores and choosing Punchmark's easy to run and e-commerce enabled website platform by visiting punchmark.com for your free trial demo. And this episode is brought to you by The Smithy Group, a digital growth agency that helps leaders and businesses dream bigger and achieve multi-generational integrity. Through insights and intelligence, digital marketing, and advertising solutions, they help businesses expand their business and grow their revenue. The Smithy Group has helped hundreds of businesses surpass their goals and believe that whatever your business and whatever your story, they'll make it matter to your audience. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy the show. In The Loop is so excited to be partnering with Pickup Media to give one of our listeners the very special chance to win a gem lightbox. This revolutionary lightbox made just for the jewelry industry allows anyone with a smartphone to take studio quality photos and videos. To enter, head to Punchmark or the Smithy Group's pages on Facebook and find our giveaway post. Tag three friends in the comments to enter and leave In The Loop a review on Apple Podcasts for five additional entries. Learn more about how the gem lightbox can elevate your e-commerce website by visiting pickupmedia.com. That's pickup, P-I-C-U-P, media.com. Thanks and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. I'm joined by Jake Hensley from The Smithy Group. How are you doing today, Jake? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm really excited to talk about landing pages. It's something I feel like I'm constantly trying to convince people to take seriously. I feel like they are the most slept on part of a website. Everybody's all about all my branding, all my homepage, the cart experience, but no one's really talking about landing pages. Why do you think that is? I think it's because they're kind of like the Trojan horse of advertising, you know, it's like, it's that place that people end up at the very end and no one ever thinks about them. You know, yeah. if you took an audit every day of how many landing pages you actually visit in one day, you probably get up into tens and twenties of landing pages that you just offhandedly visit every day. So I think, you know, they're just the forgotten heroes of social media and website experience because we visit so many of them a day. And honestly, I think a lot of the times we're not even realizing that they are landing pages. We think that they are the homepage because when we search a term like I use shoes all the time as my example, but please excuse me. If you search Nike or uh, Jordans and you search that in, a lot of the times you're going to a landing page on Nike for Jordan shoes instead of because it doesn't make sense for you to go to Nike's homepage, which has options for Nike, you know, workout equipment and Nike sneakers and also Converse's when really what you're looking for 
are these specific pair of shoes. So it's kind of like putting you way farther down the road than, you know, starting at the beginning. And I think that a lot of times people don't really realize that that's a landing page and is not actually the homepage. Yeah, absolutely. And I honestly, I love landing pages so much because once you find something that directs you to a landing page, you're getting put into the funnel so much further than you would have been if you just Googled it. It's so nice to be able to see stuff that is a direct link from what you were looking at, especially on social media. So a couple of ways maybe we can talk about ways people could be using landing pages. And the one I always think is just the typical category landing page. For example, again, we always give a lot of examples related to jewelry. So I'll just indulge that for a moment. There is the group category, all jewelry. Well, that's one option. And for that, you could create a landing page, for example, that has all of the uh, big categories. So necklaces, pendants, bracelets, rings, earrings, blah, blah, blah. And you would have a root link for each of those. They could go to a grid for that page. Um, and when I say a grid, a product grid. Or you could even link to more landing pages, which would give them the opportunity to shop with their eyeballs. But they could also create landing pages, for example, off earrings. And having this landing page, it would have uh, visual components that show hoops and dangles and studs and uh, chandeliers and all the different types of earrings. And and then when you click on that, it would go to the product grid just for that category, which I think gets them, again, like you said, much farther down the line when it comes to the buy funnel. Yeah, absolutely. And another benefit of that is that in Google Analytics or any other analytics tool, you can see that pathway. And so you can see that customer go directly from all jewelry to earrings to hoops. And you can see these pathways that people take most often. And then you can utilize that for marketing later. And I really think that one thing that is really underserved is uh, the idea of decision fatigue, which in user experience is definitely something that we always are taking into account in, in how many clicks it takes you to actually reach your endpoint. And a lot of the times when you have so many decisions to be made before you actually get to buy something, it gives you the opportunity every single time to think, do I really need this? And especially when you're in a luxury product such as jewelry, that little voice in the back of your head is much more prominent than when you're buying something that you actually need, like, I don't know, home improvement goods. Like, I really do need this screwdriver, so I'm going to buy it. If not here, I'm going to buy it from somewhere else. But when it comes to this diamond tennis bracelet, every single time I have to click and make a decision and browse and click another one, every single time I have to think, do I really like want this diamond tennis bracelet or should I just get uh, a gold bangle instead? So it goes with that. Yeah, absolutely. Taking that time down is the most important thing because there's so many opportunities for people to bounce out whenever they feel like, okay, this is taking too long. I need to get back to reality. I don't need to spend this money. When in fact, you know, if they would have made that decision uh, a page or two earlier, you might have had them. So my view on the digital marketing and retargeting side of things are is a little bit lower. Um, I typically am just dealing with the websites and things that are taking place on the platform. Uh, what are some techniques and some strategies that can be used in conjunction with landing pages beyond just building more pages for categories? Yeah, so one really big recommendation that we have been giving our clients 
is to keep all of your data first party. And so by that, it means driving as much traffic to your website as possible instead of outside sources. So what we've seen a lot trending recently is uh, something to the effect of a link tree or, you know, the social profile where you can go inside, click the link, and it has a link to all their other profiles, a link to their Etsy shop, a link to their actual website, a link to every platform that they're on. And all that data is owned by the people who provide the links. So one thing that we've been recommending is to create a landing page on your own site that has all those links anyway. So that way you're driving traffic to your first party website instead of somewhere else. And so especially with iOS 14.5 with Apple, the limited tracking capabilities that get lower and lower every day with Facebook and Instagram, it's really important to keep as much of that data first party as possible because otherwise you're just losing it. And it's really important to have that for retargeting because otherwise it's just gone. Man, what a really interesting insight because you were talking about the people that are listening at home, that iOS uh, 14.5, that is the one where they ask you, do you wish to have your activity tracked? Which I think is such a hilarious question because it's like, do you want this thing serving you more ads? And I obviously work inside of an industry that benefits greatly from this. I work inside of a business that also relies on it a lot of times, but I also shut all of my retargeting off a lot of the time. And the reason why is because it's like, I don't want my business being out there. However, with those new rules comes an increased need for, I guess, creating new ways to retarget things. And I think that, yeah, having like your link tree on your website, that's a great touch. I, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and one of the things that's really important about losing some retargeting capabilities is that even when those aren't there, it's still our responsibility to make sure the ads are relevant to the people they're getting to. Because otherwise you're just losing money and you're giving yourself kind of a bad name because you're serving ads to people who may not necessarily be looking for that product at that time, or they get served that ad so many times that they get fatigued from it. Yeah. So it's really important to capture as much data as possible where available, because otherwise ads become irrelevant to consumers and they've shut them out. To get a good example, and I, I love <laughs> providing examples for people to see how things work. For the listeners at home, if you want to see how retargeting can work, and I know that this one works because it's worked on me before, search in Google the term Western Chef Knife. Just search that term, click on one of the links, maybe click on two of the products, just look around. And then over the course of the next week, count how many times that you get served an advertisement for a Western chef knife or just a custom chef knife. And you'll see that it's incredibly powerful because it becomes top of mind all the time. However, to Jake's point, users can become incredibly fatigued by seeing so many chef knives that suddenly they don't think that they want one anymore. I think you're right on. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just so important to keep that data in-house because you have the resources to do so. 
And so external partners like a link tree or just anything that holds that data kind of hostage from you, it's really important to find creative ways to keep that in-house. And if you don't have that possibility, it's important to find a way to get that data out of whatever platform that you're in. So with Linktree, for example, they have a premium plan that allows you to download that data and keep it on hand. So it's really important to make sure that you have a copy of that and you have a way of accessing it and analyzing it. So when it comes to the website's data as a whole, again, with landing pages, when you're looking at the flow for an entry point into the website, into conversion, are you typically looking inside of Google Analytics or are there other ways that you can find more detailed statistics? Yeah, absolutely. So we mainly use Google Analytics and that'll be your best bet for anything organic, anything that you're posting on your own, on social media, any kind of traffic that you're just kind of seeding naturally. However, if you're doing paid traffic with something like Google ads or Facebook social ads, LinkedIn, Pinterest, TikTok, the list goes on and on and on. They have these abilities to track a conversion event. Um, and so you can set up that event as, you know, making an appointment, uh, selling an item, it, any kind of event that you define, it will define as a conversion. And so you have the ability to track those by implementing a little piece of code onto your website. Um, and so that's a good way to keep track of those things. And we also utilize Google Data Studio, um, which is a program that lets you combine a bunch of different sources of data. And so, you know, you can make a dashboard for yourself that combines your Facebook data, your Google data, your TikTok data all in one place. And so that way you can kind of see an aggregate of what's going on. But it's just really important to keep those conversion events the same because otherwise it kind of muddies the water with what you're defining as conversion. For example, if you run a campaign that is banking on making appointments and one that is selling, you know, those are two completely different goals. And so two conversions for appointments and two conversions for product sales, those are two completely different things, but that's four total conversions. Yes. When it comes to setting up campaigns, and a lot of people are going to be uh, listening to this and starting to set their eyes on, for example, Black Friday is coming right around the corner, and they're probably going to be making plans for how they're going to be approaching that. How do you suggest landing pages should be integrated into their business approach and their website kind of strategy as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. So any products that you were selling in a campaign as a whole, I would definitely place every single one of those products on one landing page for the campaign. So there's two benefits to this. For the consumer, they have the ability to go in and quickly see all of those products that they saw in the ads. They can take a look and it's super, super easy for them. Second benefit is that you now have the ability to see how many people have went to that landing page from that campaign and so you can kind of cross check your two sources of data. So you can say like, well, Facebook told me that a thousand people came to the landing page from my last campaign, but on Google Analytics, I can see that my landing page has 2000 views. Where are those other thousand people coming from? And you can kind of get a sense for the traffic that's coming to your website and what is organic and what is inorganic or paid. Gotcha. And do you think, is there a typical balance between organic versus paid traffic that you're looking for? Should it be leaning on one side or the other around the holiday season? Yeah. So your paid media will most likely get you the most bulk number of impressions and clicks onto that landing page. Organic, however, you will usually see 
a higher conversion rate if people are seeking it out actively, if they're searching for your store on Google, if they're going directly to your website and then navigating to that landing page from the homepage, for example. But paid media is going to be your best friend for discovery, especially if you're wanting to prospect new clients who may not have heard of your store before or have used you in the past. Because most likely the customers who have been to your store and participated with your store will most likely be in person instead of online, unless they were a previous e-commerce customer. Gotcha. One of the things that I find extra interesting about landing pages as a whole is that they can be used in a variety of different ways. And not just, again, my easiest way to think about it is just like, ah, it's for earrings. It just shows you all the different types of earrings. Uh, What other ways besides just product landing page, for example, have you seen landing pages be used? Are there ways for events or things outside of just singular products? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorite implementations that we've done for a couple of clients is to create a appointment landing page that has all of their staff members on it and their store in general. We use a plugin called Calendly. There are a couple of different providers that do this. But um, whenever a person goes to that landing page, they're able to select an appointment slot fill in all their information and make an appointment without ever having to contact the store directly. And so what we've seen with this is that most jewelry stores in the industry have a contact form for an appointment that just has first name, last name, notes, and we'll reach out to you to make an appointment. So what we found is that that appointment conversion event, actually getting someone in the store for an appointment goes up whenever there is less contact points. Wow. So a good way to explain this is, you know, a person wants to make an appointment with your store. They fill out a contact form. uh, You get it in your inbox. You email them back a couple of dates that would work for you. They say, no, none of those would really work. Can you do this, this, and this? You get back to them. And there are four or five emails right there that are specifically just based on availability, not even the products that you're trying to sell. Yes, the actual meat. Yeah. And so that fatigue kind of gets to a client, a uh, customer. And so whenever they have that wiggle room to think about the purchase and to also think about the person they're purchasing with, you know, maybe they say, oh, well, they're not available when I'm available. So I'm not sure if I'm really going to go ahead and pursue this. I'll look somewhere else. With a Calendly type integration, you have those appointment slots on your site that someone can book and you get them in. And so the best part after that is when they make the appointment, you then have the opportunity to communicate with them about the product. That's fascinating. Again, it's kind of like when you're trying to make a set up a meeting with one of your coworkers or with a with a partner, you know, you could say, hey, what out what what time works for you? Or you could be like, hey, I'm thinking three o'clock. Does that work for you? Or if not, send me back something else. And it gets the ball and st- it takes one more step down the road instead of having to expect something back. I love that. That's a great tip. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the best things about it is that you can build a team of people on these services like Calendly and assign people different appointments throughout the day. And someone can even pick a specific person that they want to meet with. And so, you know, the staff's availability on this program, you don't have to worry about finding an appointment for someone or finding the right person to do something for somebody. Really cool. I think that the landing page usage in general, it's kind of 
can be tailored to fit the needs for your store. If your store is trying to drive more traffic to come in for meetings or for to be sold one-to-one, if that's what you think that your store needs, then you can use these landing pages in that way. I also think that you can do both. Uh, we have about, when this episode comes out, I think that there will be about 10 weeks until Black Friday, and that means about 14-ish weeks until Christmas. In the end, Christmas season is basically upon us. I don't think that it's reasonable to tell people, hey, you should make 50 landing pages or a landing page for every single category before Christmas season gets really into full swing. But I do think that a more reasonable approach is go in, identify the 10 points or five points of your business that you're trying to elevate this upcoming season, especially for your business, uh, your online business, your e-commerce style, and then create one landing page a week for them. Just sit down for, on our websites, for Punchmark websites, it's as simple as just choosing a landing page and or building one and then you can duplicate from it, which I think is the easiest way to do it. Or contacting you know the Smithy Group, they could help you out as well. But I think taking it bite by bite. And the other thing that like we haven't even talked about is that these landing pages, they're going to be there theoretically forever. And they're going to continue gaining impressions and ranking for SEO. And if you litter them with good keywords, then you're going to start appearing higher on searches in your area. But also when people are looking for jewelry, you know, for Valentine's Day and a couple months after Christmas season, they're going to be stumbling across your landing pages as well, which is just, it's exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the best strategy around landing pages is to create around what you want to sell. Yes. So if there are specific products in your aging inventory or that you bought specifically for holiday, make a collection landing page for those and push those products out the door. And one of the really great things about those is that landing page traffic does not simply have to come from paid media or organic search. It can be word of mouth too. So any clients that you have, you can send out an email blast or a text message blast that says, hey, look at our new holiday collection and send out a link to the landing page. There are also really interesting kind of uh, subtle ways that you can start making more landing pages. Maybe you're you're a real go-getter and your website's already doing great and you have a landing page for every single category from uh, necklaces to something really refined like hoop earrings. Those are what we call hard categories. Hard categories meaning it's based on what the product actually is. You know, this hoop earring is always going to be a hoop earring. But we can also do our soft categories. Soft categories are, I don't want to call them made up, but they're based around buy now reasoning. So buy now reasoning meaning um, it could be centered around what's hot which is kind of made up, but it could be you go into your uh, product catalog, and this is true for Punchmark website, so I assume it's true for every platform. You go in, find mm, 10 to 20 good products, and tag them with a, uh, a pseudo soft category, so Black Friday sales, and you go and you pick your favorite 
10 to 20 items, put them into a carousel, drop them on a landing page, and start using them in your email blast. You can also do what's new and just do your new categories. So that's buy now reasoning because it's, it's a new item as opposed to an existing item. You can also do what's on sale, so just discounted items for each of the main categories. Or you could have limited items, so the things that are almost gone or you're, are discounted or, or on their way out. All of those are just creative and novel ways that you can bend your current catalog into new buy now reasonings and start sending them out to people. Because in the end, luxury is just this gut feeling inside of you that I just, I need to have that. And part of that is these buy now reasonings, which is like, oh, if I don't buy this now, then I might not get the shot to buy it again. So that's how you can play upon these emotions a little bit more and start turning a couple of e-commerce sales that you might not have originally. So Jake, what if you have any, uh, any tips or how can these people get started actually uh, employing the information that they just learned from us over the course of about 25 minutes now? What do you think the first step for them to do is when they finish listening to this? Just get into your website backend and try it out. So if you're using Punchmark especially, just go to the content menu and then pages and add a new page. And so all you have to do is not make it public, make it private and get in there and start playing around with Site Manager. There are so many great tools and resources on their website to help you get started uh, with designing your own pages and making stuff the way you really want it. So that'd be step number one is to get into your website back in and try out making a new page if you haven't in a while or check out the new features that your website builder has and see if you can implement those to make it a really cool experience for your consumer. I think also a good idea might be uh, thinking about your imagery. So having a decent mix of product imagery, meaning stuff that was probably shot on the gem light box or in a just a regular light box as, as well, or in, as well as mixed in with uh, lifestyle imagery. So this is photography of your products on models. I think that having a decent mix together is really powerful. It can be a little bit sterile if it's just product shot on white, and it can be a little bit loud if it's all lifestyle and model photography. So I think having a a decent mix of them is a really powerful tool. I think that after you start playing around, coming up with some type of strategy, again, we talked about picking out maybe five categories or five topics to start building your landing pages around. I think that would be a good start. And then when you have decided, uh, starting to work on employing those and then linking to them or utilizing them, whether that's through emails or direct mail campaigns, starting to employ them a little bit better and getting some eyes on them would be great. And then finally, probably the last tool I would say after you've done what we've just listed out, kind of creating your landing pages, I think going back maybe after the campaign ends or after holiday season and seeing what did work would be a useful tool because then you got to gear back up for Valentine's Day and Mother's Day and it just never stops. So you can always keep improving. Jake? Thanks so much for your time. This was a really, really interesting talk. I think that hopefully listeners learned uh, a lot from it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Awesome. We'll have you again soon. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week with more episodes. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening. Leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe. It really helps us grow. Thank you so much. See you next week.